Well, right here this morning, we're in the second week of our series called One Another. And uh, it's no doubt that in life, relationships are absolutely critical. They are so important for us to do them and to do them well, to do them through our lives. Because if we do them well, I tell you what, it makes life better, doesn't it? It makes life so much better. Because poor relationships, do you know what they do? They cripple our potential. They cripple our potential. They consume so much time and so much energy if they're not going well that all of a sudden we find ourselves not focusing on some of the other things in life, but we're focusing on the the issues and the problems that that poor relationship may be creating. They strip us of focus. We find ourselves not focusing on what we should do. So relationships are important, and I'm glad that as a church we're, we're spending some time to, to look into this, to help us, because who knows that the Word of God wants to help us in all spectrums, all areas of life. And this one is important. A Harvard professor, Robert Weldinger, was a director of a 75-year-old study following the lives of 724 men. It was the longest happiness study that has ever been conducted. And this is what they found. The three things that determined whether the men were happy in their old age were all to do with relationships. They were the three things that determined how they felt and how happy they were in life. It all came down to the relationships. It said that if they had good relationships, it led them to happiness. They were physically healthier and they lived longer. This stuff matters. And he suggests, which I think is pretty wise, he said, really, the conclusion, if you want to have a good and happy life, start leaning into your relationships. Start leaning in. Don't be like passive, oh, it's my upbringing and oh, it's just all the other people's fault. No, start taking some responsibility and leaning in yourself to make them absolutely as good as you can make them. It is going to be so worthwhile for you and for your life. And there's lessons to be learned all the time. I was a very young boy. I was in year five at school when our school was doing a fundraiser and it was a walkathon. And it was 20 laps around an oval. Now, for those that know me quite well, you know that I'm kind of competitive. And when I knew that there was laps involved, that it no longer went from a walkathon, it went to a runathon. In my mind, if there was 20 laps to be done, the idea would be to do them as quickly as you can. And I can remember setting out and running this walkathon, and uh, one of my friends, who had been friends with really for years, he got really upset that I went and ran this thing, and I think I took off, and then he started to chase me, and he, he got really upset. He got so upset that for a few weeks, he wanted to have a fight over it, and he was after me. I remember one day after school, he chased me pretty much the entire way home. He chased me. I lived like over a kilometre from the school. He chased me. So there I am as a 10-year-old trying to work out relationships with a friend that went from being a friend to a foe very quickly because I ran a -a walkathon. All of a sudden, you know, and that's like life. There's lessons to be learned. We've got to navigate and work our way through all sorts of situations. But it's important that we focus. It's important that we do well at it. 
because too many people focus on jobs and finances and houses and cars and status, thinking that that's going to be a, a big answer to the needs in life. But no, relationships. Relationships needs our focus. Relationships is something we need to lean into. And we have to be the ones to take the responsibility. We have to be the ones to sow into. We have to sow into them because when we do, we will reap. We will reap. And there's times that we sow in and they're difficult. But we've got to keep, keep going. We've got to keep going. Not always looking at our own worlds, but be someone who looks outward. Be someone who really takes this seriously and really puts the effort in to do it well. Because you will reap. I can remember a friend of mine in high school that I spent many years just uh, being in a great friendship with and that friendship developed. And uh, one of the things as we got to know each other was I introduced him, uh, you know, to the church and started to lead him to a relationship in Jesus Christ. And uh, the six months out of school, he received Jesus as his Lord. And what I loved about it was it kind of felt like I was leading him for a season, but then some seasons came after that at times where uh, I really benefited from to such a large degree of that friendship that, you know, he started to bless my life in some areas and help me through. And, and when you do life well and when you sow into uh, you, gr- you are able to get great benefits back for your life. And that is really good. And that is wonderful. And that's what happens in them. You invest in them. You invest in them. So how are we to treat other people? How are we to do it well? I want to remind us here today, we just need to do it God's way. We need to do it God's ways. I mean, Jesus, he was the one who said, you know, you've heard it, you know, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But... It's not the way we are as followers of Jesus Christ are to do it. He talks about, you know, if you get slapped on one cheek to turn the other one and, and be slapped on the other one, he turns about if you're getting sued for your shirt, well, go and give them your coat too. Like his ways were not the ways that I think naturally sometimes we feel like going. So often in relationships, we're going to actually go against how we feel because we go in the way of truth and the way the Bible tells us to do it. And do I stand here and say, I'm a master at this? Absolutely not. It is hard work. I fail all the time. I let down friends. I let down my partner, Natalie. I let down my kids sometimes. But you just don't sit in that place. You learn from those experiences and you make sure you get better and better and you make a comeback all the time because it matters and it's so important that we do well at this. And this Christian life, man, it is a constant working situation. It is constant that we keep working at this. But if we're going to look at this area of our lives, we've got to listen to the words I think that Jesus says in Matthew 22. This is what he says in verse 37. He says this, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophet. The ball's in our court. 
It says, you shall love. It's up to us. It's up to us to walk out and journey these things in our lives. All summed up in that. Sometimes I like the simplicity of the gospel message and how we're to do life, to love God and love others. I like that. That's like, that's, that's like can kind of be doable, can't it? Okay. I just, I just pull it down to doing those things. I love the Lord, the, the, my God, my heart, my soul, my mind, but I don't just stay there and kind of live a, an isolated life and, and not caring about. I do that, but I also look at those around me and I make sure I'm someone who loves the people in my midst. Paul, in his letter to the Galatians, reminds us of this. Galatians 5, 13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. One word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's one word, it comes down to love comes down to love are you someone that just pours love into situations into relationships around you is that how you are i this week my wife and i traveled down to hobart for uh, a c3 training conference and as we were packing on monday i thought oh you know we've got to you know get into sydney airport and we've been told get there really early and you know wait at an airport and on airplanes and i thought i'd take a little bit of food because i'm a man and i get hungry so um i packed some music bags in the bag and i think i threw some apples in and uh i had some pistachio nuts at home so i actually went and got a little ziploc bag and filled it up with pistachio nuts who likes pistachio nuts they're lots of hands they're like glorious little salty little delicious little things and as I traveled over the next few days it was a few times I I went to the bag but do you know when you're at home and you have pistachio nuts it's kind of wise to have another another uh, something to hold all the shells so you can crack them open eat the nut put the shells in well because I was traveling I didn't always have somewhere to put the empty shells so I started dropping them back in the same bag I was dropping them back in the same bag and over the next few days I had a few of these and when I came home uh, Wednesday night I was on the road a bit on Thursday I had to travel over to the northern beaches for some meetings and uh, I took my little bag of pistachios and as I was driving across town I was uh, as always I was a little bit peckish so I started to, to to dip my hand into the pistachio nuts often when I was at you know a red light and but who knows that when you've had a lot of them that a lot of the times you start grabbing the shells and you're like, oh, it's so disappointing. You're hungry. You want this pistachio nut. You do not want the shell. So, and it was like getting to the end of the bag and then all of a sudden you just know that there's, I wonder if there's even any in there. Surely, surely in there somewhere there's got to be a nut. There's got to be a nut. And as I'm at the lights and, and getting to the end of the bag and, and all of a sudden you're hunting and you're hunting and you're about, oh, I've got to get there. The light's about to go green. And you look, you look down and you go, hold on, hold on. You little beauty, I found a pistachio nut. It's so exciting. You crack the little sucker open and you just, oh, mm, pistachio so good so much joy in that moment of cracking open that nut because you found it you didn't find a shell that's empty you found the nut i want to ask us who are we for other people in our world 
we like a bit of an empty shell, but when they spend time with us, are we like the pistachio nut? Are we like, are, are, are we doing life in such a way that when they spend time with us, when we walk into the doors, when we pick them up, when they see you at church, or in the, are you such a delight in their life that they feel like celebrating all the time because they're getting to spend time with you? Because you, you are such a mighty, magnificent, wonderful person who's been shaped and crafted by God to such a way that they celebrate you as a person. Because I think that's where we should get to. I think that's where we can get to when we're in Christ, when we're full of the Spirit, when we're doing life like you would want us to be, that you walk into their room, into their car, and you are like finding the pistachio nuts. Let's be like that. Let's be like that in life. Because Jesus himself started saying we're the salt of the earth, just like a salty pistachio nut. We are the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. And then he goes on to say this in Matthew 5, 16. He's just mentioned salt of the earth, light of the world. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. See, when we do relationships really well, we shine so brightly. Our deeds are in such a way that others come to know the Father. See, when do people start, you know, when do people start to glorify their Father in heaven? I tell you, there's no bigger glorifying the Father when someone comes and finds Him as their Lord and Savior and knows that they're on their way to heaven. That's the ultimate. And how can they do that? Because of how we live, because of how we do life, how we do relationships, how we stand with each other, how we journey with each other, how we we treat our family, how we treat our friends. It's about that because that stuff gets watched. And wouldn't it be a shame if we do so poorly at that that we're actually actually pushing people away from, from faith in Jesus? But if our light shines... They will see our good deeds and they will glorify our Father in heaven. Wouldn't that be a magnificent thing as a, a body of believers if we're doing life in such a magnificent way, improving, working on it, making sure that we're trying our absolute best to do well, that they would glorify our Father in heaven, that we would have an eternal impact on others because of how we do this very one thing. Let's make sure people are coming to Christ and we're not repelling people from Christ. Let's do that. And I love the Word of God because it helps us. It helps us. In 1 Corinthians, there's a chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. It's most likely the most talked about passage of Scriptures at weddings I've ever heard. I've, I don't know, I'm probably at 50, 60 weddings. Some of you here have probably been to hundreds of weddings. And it's a, it's a very common passage that's shared. I remember as a young boy finding a big print of this uh, passage and I brought multiple prints to hand over as wedding gifts to people. I'm like, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, love is. It's like the, the passage. And it's a, it's a passage that Paul writes, uh, you know, some say apart from Romans, probably his most substantial uh, piece of writing in the New Testament. And he spent 18 months in Corinth and the church was large there and it was growing but... He was concerned that it wasn't maturing. So he writes this letter. And 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 1, says this. 
because I think this is very, very helpful. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to the burns, but have not love, it proffers me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And in verse 13, it goes on to say, And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. To think that without love, that we would be a sounding brass, a clanging cymbal, that would be referred to as actually having nothing, that would profit us nothing. I don't think it can get any clearer that love is so critical, that love is so important. Because the actions that they've just mentioned are very high spiritual actions. If you think about praying, prophecy and and faith and feeding the poor and for some even going to the point of death to be martyred, like they're big things. Yet it's very clear if love is not undergirding these things that you could be a clanging symbol, that you would profit nothing. I think it's just waving a nice big flag to say, hey, waving the flag of love, that it is important, that this stuff really is important. And I'd hate for us here today to think, oh, love, it's, it's like a fluffy thing. Love drove the Son of God to the cross for you and I. It was out of love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. It was love that drove Jesus to the cross. Love is not fluffy. Love is not light. This word love, we have to take it for all that it's worth and have it an outworking in our lives day in, day out for all of our days. God so wants to create us and take us forward. He wants us to be good at this. He wants to take us and have us so we're living a life where love oozes out, where the fruits of the Spirit are pouring out of our lives. He wants that. He wants that. And you will reap great benefits. Can I tell you, if you're single here today and you're dreaming of finding the dream partner, don't solely focus on finding the right partner. Focus on yourself being the right partner. Focus on that and put time into that. Look at your own life and say, how can I do this well? And if we were to to break this passage down and look at some of those things that are attributed to love, I tell you what, some of them are challenging. Some of them will, if we pause and look at them, we'll go, hey, that's showing to me that 
I could probably do pretty better there, and, and I'm included. I mean, it starts off by saying, love suffers long. Some versions talk about love is patient. It doesn't give up. Relationships are not always easy. They're hard work. In seasons, they can be really hard work. But if you know it's a relationship that's not one to be thrown away and you're committed to it, you hang in. You have patience. You get determination on the inside of you that you will see through all of the challenges. You'll have the hard talks. You'll go above and beyond with your love. You'll make sure that it makes it through. I was at footy training with my son the other night, Jesse, who's seven, and they did a challenge. I was kind of off to the side and not really noticing what was happening, but before I knew it, um, I had just heard the coach say, and the winner is Jesse, and we've got a gift for you, and uh, I realized that they'd had a plank challenge. So I'm like, oh, go boy. So uh, the following week, we were training at home, and I'm like, Jesse, so you're all right at the plank, eh? What about a little bit of a plank challenge at the end of our training here tonight in the backyard so for those of you that don't know the plank uh jesse's was so up for the plank challenge so he came by me and we got down and we started doing the plank and i'm like oh, i've got this g'day jesse how you doing after like you know 30 seconds i'm like feeling it yet jesse and he's just like no i'm like i'll be a minute in and i'm like oh he's going all right for a little seven year old i'm like he'll crumble soon i'm like how are you jess no it's just just straight face, just cool as a cucumber, minute and a half, couple of minutes, probably three minutes, probably four minutes. Dad, Dad's starting to, how you doing there, Jess? Cool as a cucumber. Yeah, I'm doing good, Dad. Started joking to me. Hey, you going, Dad? You look like you're struggling a little bit there. True story. Dad's knees hit the ground first. I was like, hello, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> so the next night, we are straight back out there. And he beat me a second time, two times in a row. Jesse, the plank champion. But love suffers long. There might be times where you kind of need that kind of determination in your relationships. Where you're just like, no, I, I'm going to see it through all the pain. I'm going to see it through all the hard moments. Because this relationship... The destiny of it from God is for it to survive because so often the enemy will try to be stripped down and see some of the most glorious things in your life, good relationships, just fall at the wayside. And often it's with partners, husbands and wives, it can be with our family members, some of our neighbours. There's people all around that sometimes, now I know there's the odd time where a relationship's unhealthy for us and some ties, but there are some and we will know the ones that we need to have love that is patient, love that suffers long. It says this in Proverbs 17.9, love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Forgiveness flows sometimes, but we hang in there, we see it through. It says love is kind, Mother Teresa says, let there be kindness in your face, in your eyes, in your smile, in the warmth of your greeting. Let's be kind. Let's be kind. Have grace. Don't be quick to judge. Extend some kindness. Kindness is good. Kindness is like, is good for our souls. Kindness feels nice when you receive it. When someone is kind to you, man, it is so lovely. 
Let's make sure that we're delivering that into people in our worlds, that we're kind. And I think if I'm honest with myself, there's times where the people closest to us, the ones like our family, they're the ones that miss out on it sometimes. And I'm to blame at times. Sometimes the ones that you're, you're with all the time, they miss out on the kindness. And then you're like showing all the kindness to the people you don't see often or you're trying to paint a picture, but let's be kind both to each other, but to those ones in our house, to those ones who are spending a lot of time around us. Let's be kind. Let's work at that. Let's get better at that. Love does not envy. Envy is described as the desire to have a quality, possession, or other desirable thing belonging to someone else. Let's not have a desire to have what other people have. Because envy is dangerous. No wonder why love has nothing to do with it. Lucifer himself became so impressed with his own beauty, intelligence, power and position that he began to desire of himself the honour and glory that belonged to God alone. And this, partnered with his pride, was the root of his downfall. Envy is not good for us. Let's not waste time and energy onto it. And I'll tell you what, with how easily we have access into the highlight reels of other people's life through things like Instagram and Facebook and and short interactions with people, it can be really easy to start envying what others have. Oh, it looks like they've got the dream relationship. They've got the dream partner. Look at their holidays. They're in Hawaii. Weren't they in Fiji three weeks ago? And it's so easy to be able to look at others and go, oh, I have a deep desire for that. But that's not love. Like if you walk around wanting what others have, work at what is already yours. Make those things work. It's a great key. And I've found for me personally, the the greatest key to, to not let these desires overtake you or have this is to celebrate others. Be the first to celebrate when someone does achieve something great. When they get that great holiday, celebrate them. Celebrate that thing. It doesn't allow the envy to come in. Love does not parade itself. Don't be a show pony. That's not love. And it's definitely not attractive. It does not help people around you if you are parading yourself. You might be doing really well in areas, but don't don't gloat over them. Words like, look how good I am doing. They're not attractive. They're actually going to repel people instead of attract people to you. Let's be good at that. It's not puffed up. Other versions say it's not proud. Let's be humble. Humility is one of the most attractive attributes of any human being you can ever meet. Be humble. Be humble. Don't be puffed up. Humility, total opposite to being proud. John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace, says this, I am persuaded that love and humility are the highest attainments in the school of Christ and the brightest evidences that he is indeed our master. What a beautiful statement. Let others blow your trumpet. Love does not behave rudely. Is this helpful? Like so often we just read those scriptures, oh, you know, love is, but to actually spend some time to go through and go, Okay, because I tell you what, for all of us, if we are honest with ourselves, some of these are going to help us and they're going to be uncomfortable because we're not good at them. We don't do them well. 
We don't do them the, the Bible way. And here today, my prayer is that we would start to see those areas and, and here today say, I'm going to make a change. If that's what the Bible is saying love is and, and, and I'm not kind or I'm giving up on relationships or I blow my own trumpet or let God mold you, let him touch you, let his Holy Spirit always be at work with you. I just love what God does when he gets his hand on people. I mean, I didn't know Mixer Bat in the early days before he was in Christ, but I've heard the stories, but I know the man that is Mixer Bat in 2017, and I think, wow, look at how he has been transformed, transformed into how God is leading him, and that is because he's taken this seriously. And he's allowed the Word of God to be at work in his life. He's allowed the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, wow, let's, let's make sure we are progressing and we are going forward. Love does not behave rudely. How do you behave when you hit the hardest, most frustrating moments in your life that make you angry? Are you rude? Or could we do that a little bit better? Could we be in a place where the rudeness just... We're good at controlling that. We respond differently to how the world responds. We respond differently to this and that and, and news and situations and circumstances because that's truly when you shine brightly. It's in those hard moments sometimes where you are expected to blow up and be rude and it's when you are calm and collective and not responding how those around you would expect you where they're the moments they look and they go, they've got something there's something that they're doing that I need. There's something that they have. And that's where we can direct people to Jesus Christ because he's the one. He's the one that's transforming us. Some good things in here. Does not seek its own. Love puts others first, others before yourself. It's not all about me and I. It's about others, us, we. Love is not provoked. Be in control of your feeling thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, be good at not wishing bad things on other people, be good at, at that kind of area, because society is all about revenge, people getting what they deserve, but man, if God had that way for all of us, we'd all be in trouble, we'd all be in a lot of trouble, but we don't get what we deserve through the grace, through the grace of heaven we get something that we definitely don't deserve. But I tell you what, we are grateful to have. It's so good to learn because Jesus led in all of these areas. And I'll ask the band to come. He led in all of these areas. Be rejoicers in the truth. Be about truth. Pursue the truth. And one of the best things you can ever do in a relationship is speak the truth. Be truthful because that will gain great trust and that's what a good relationship can be built upon, being truthful and be delighted by the truth. Truth and honesty, wonderful things. Love bears all things. Determined you're going to make it through the challenges. There'll be challenges in your relationships, your husband and your wife, your brother and your sister, your mums and your dads, your aunties, your uncles, your best friends. Those in church life, there's challenges, but be someone who's like, no, we're going to endure these things, we're going to get through. 
We're going to make it. You bear all things. You believe all things. Be a believer of people. Champion people. Cheer on other people. Hope. Love is hopes all things. Just be thinking good things, knowing and speaking into people's lives. You're going to make it through it. Be a friend. I love friends like that who simply speak life and truth and power into my life because there's times where things are hard and I'm in a box and it's looking dark. It's like I'm in the pit and it's those words of truth that echo from people in my life that make all the difference, that get me looking. Okay, maybe, maybe tomorrow is a new better day than today. Maybe this situation, we will see the miracle. Maybe this thing I'm facing, it's, it's not as bad as I really look. It feels bad right now. I'm in this hole, but, but, but Mick just said that. And then I was, I was spending time with Brett Linder, and, and he spoke words of truth. And, and, and then I saw some of the guys at youth, and, and they ch- championed me, and they spoke into me. And all of a sudden, because of these words, out of love, you find yourself not as down and dark as you once thought you were. And it endures all things. Enduring. I once stood before God, my family, my friends, and I looked into my wife's eyes and I said, through sickness, through good times, bad times, through great times of hopefully blessings, but even if things are tough, I'm there to the end. I'm there to the end. And sometimes we've just got to make sure we're we're there to the end because relationships matter God has all we need He's with us, He's for us we go we do life well together because it matters doesn't it I want to be like some of those men interviewed at the end, the ones that were saying oh because of the good relationships I'm happy, I'm joyful joy the Lord is my strength and I've done well got the people around me that God destined to be around me at the the back end of life. Let's not give up. Let's get good at this as a church. Let's shine ever so brightly, ever so brightly. So God, we thank you that here today, you would help us with this, that we would be people that really put ourselves in a position always have been molded by you to become better better Christians, better people for the glory of God, that we would be people that truly shine, that all the areas that were even illuminated to us today that we're not good at, help us, Lord. Help us to move forward in, to get better at. We thank you that you're always there and you're always for